Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, plebs, pleblings and plebets, welcome to today's show. Joining me on this rip is Bitcoin Q&A. A, and we are going to talk about in depth how he managed to escape his fiat existence something many of us listening want to do how did he do it what did he put into place what was the tactics he was using and now you're all gonna think yeah it's all fine for bitcoin q a he's a super genius shady super hoodie coder that's not the case that is not the case at all as you will find out but he did have a bit of a game plan whether he knew it or not at the time and guess what he's found himself in a bitcoin only job where he's loving life and hopes to inspire many of you other plebs that are listening so tune in for this one for sure thank you bitcoin q a for everything you've done for the space brother if you do not follow him yet go give him a follow especially after what you hear today so Big up, as always, for the Bitcoiners out there that are creating content and doing amazing things in the space. Now, before we hit the interview, make sure you get to the conference if you can get to the conference. So make arrangements, do whatever you need to do if you want to get there and use the code BITTEN at checkout and you will save 10%. It's a four day event, so you can buy general admission tickets. They will give you entry for days two and three the first day is extra that's the bitcoin uh, kind of industry day where you can go and meet all of the uh, the new up-and-coming companies and then the last day is the sound money fest so go check it out the link is in the show notes as you know now if you are not stacking sats you should be i'm sure by now most of the listeners are if you're in the u.s why are you not using swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten to stack your sats? Because this is an excellent Bitcoin only team. They've got you back. You will stack perfectly with Swan. And across Europe, you have many different options now. A very much Swan esque Bitcoin app here is relay, R E L A I dot ch forward slash bitten. Make sure you hit the link in the show notes so you can stack away with Relay, whether that's weekly or monthly or however you want to do it. Just make sure you're dollar cost averaging, euro cost averaging, pound cost averaging, whatever it is that you're doing. You can also use Bitcoin Reserve. Make sure you check out Nick and the team, what they're doing. And I think these guys are going to have a booth at the conference as well. So make sure you, you, you hit up the show sponsors. If you're in town in Miami and you see the show sponsors, make sure you go and say hi. Uh, Bitcoin Reserve, they are going to help you, white glove service, get 50 grand or more on to your Bitcoin books, or you can stack with them as well via your card. Now, coincorner.com are in the Isle of Man. They've got some huge announcements coming. Right, Danny? Come on, man. Let's go. You know what I'm talking about. And you have to take control of your coins. Use the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition. That is from shiftcrypto.ch 
forward slash bits. Thank you for listening, guys. Enjoy the rip with Bitcoin Q&A. All right, we are recording, Lauren. We've got Bitcoin Q&A back. Actually, mate, where, where's the, the little robot? Uh, oh, is it not showing up? Do you know what? It's because I had to re-download the, um, the Zoom application to my laptop. Um, I normally go through the web view if I can, and it's saved on the, the web view if I, if I access Zoom. But this is literally like a fresh install, so I, I only added it to my computer a couple of minutes ago, so I haven't had a chance to add the picture, so apologies. No problem, but I, I have found it from your Telegram, and now I've got it up on the screen. So now do you, re- <laughs> now do you remember the blue robot? Yes. You, okay, I was trying to explain to Lauren. Uh, and that- he said, we interviewed a guy, and I was like, I interviewed a lot of guys. <laughs> This is true. Uh, and yeah, well, why don't you um, tell the listeners last time you were on the show, this is what we we're just talking about pre-record. So it has been a while. So Lauren, you are excused if you have forgotten, but this is a, this is a good reminder of the, the blue robot. It was, I was just looking before we started recording. It was July uh, 2020. Uh, so near the best part of two years, uh, which is quite frightening, uh, really. You know, the, the world's uh, a vastly different place uh, now than it was two years ago, and as is the Bitcoin space as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that it was nearly two years. It's crazy how uh, time just uh, gets pulled from under your feet, doesn't it? Man, that is crazy. Time flies when you're surrounded by lies. That's good, right? Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That that <laughs> seems like a good Twitter bio, that one. It does. Uh it it yeah, you're right. And I'm just casting my mind back to July 2020. And we would have just been in the midst of it was like March, wasn't it, that we first kind of got locked down here in France, probably about the same time in, in the UK. And and none of it made any sense. Yeah, there is. Uh, that was when the hysteria was sort of really ramping up, wasn't it? Everybody, uh, you know, even even the 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 Bitcoiners who s- seem to have it all figured out. I think everybody had that little uh, level of of doubt about what what this thing really was, and you know, we were seeing all of the um, weird and wacky videos coming out of China of people just dropping dead on the street, which looking back now seem absolutely ridiculous don't they but they, oh they felt God. quite real at the, they felt really real at the time so uh yeah that's i'm, I'm sure that's a whole uh, rabbit hole we could go down for a good few hours but um yeah it's it's funny how it's all turned out and uh you know thankfully uh it seems like we're coming out the other side of it now and uh you know with the exception of a couple of countries that seem to be clinging on to uh some draconian c- controls and and things like that we we, we seem to have uh, endured the storm yeah, right, Lauren. Come on, let's let's get yeah, your question I can, going. I kind of have a class right now. Um, okay. What do you like about Bitcoin? Wow, uh, that is a great question. What do I like about Bitcoin? Uh, oof, I could probably talk for about two hours on this one. Uh, it, if to keep it sort of simple and high level, let's say uh, I like that it, it, Bitcoin enables me um, to uh, send or transact with anybody that I like anywhere on the planet at any time that I like without needing to ask permission from, uh, you know, my parents, my wife, uh, the bank, the government, um, which is a really powerful thing, uh, you know, especially as I've got lots of friends uh, who don't live in the same country as me. So typically, you know, if I wanted to to pay them for a service or just to pay them back some money that I owed them, uh, doing that through the traditional um, 
banking system is uh, very, very difficult um, with Bitcoin or with Lightning. You know, I can do that in a couple of seconds. So um, that's probably one of my favorite things about it, that it just uh, it, it brings the world closer together from a financial perspective. All right. OK. And um, I think that's all my questions. Plus, I need to go. So thank, thank you for answering the question. And, um, Thanks, Lauren. Bye. Have a good day. Yep. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, before we do get into like what's been going on for the last year and a half and how life has changed for you, do you want to tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, your kind of origin story, rabbit hole story? Uh, just um, let people know exactly who you are if they're not aware of who you are. Yeah, sure thing. So I came into the Bitcoin space. Well, I came into the crypto space first, uh, unfortunately, uh, very late 2017, right at the top of the, the big hype bubble where Bitcoin was uh, making historic new highs. It was just about touching 20,000 uh, US dollars. Uh, got pulled in uh, through a friend at work into uh, various different altcoins, uh, unfortunately not Bitcoin at the time. Um, and that sort of, uh, that was my initial uh, first touch if you like into the uh, the wider ecosystem let's say um i spent the rest of uh 2018 sort of fraternizing with multiple coins that uh let's say are worth significantly less than they were than they uh, were at the time um so i wasted unfortunately quite a lot of time um you know learning about these different coins thinking that they were going to be the next bitcoin and that you know um oh uh, you know he's gonna flip in bitcoin next year just you watch or uh uh, the next bank's going to adopt uh, Ripple uh, next year and it's going to go to the moon, etc. All of this stereotypical uh, crap that you, you still hear today, unfortunately. Um, so wasted a hell of a lot of time on that. Um, but thankfully, uh, those sorts of uh, interactions and watching some terrible um, crypto YouTubers actually led me to um, people like uh, Andreas Antonopoulos on YouTube. And it also led me to some of the early podcasts. So Marty and Matt on TFTC, um, Stefan Levera. So the, it was kind of like a slow trickle where these, these uh, Bitcoin only um, people started popping up in my feed just through, you know, the fact that they were part of the wider sort of uh, crypto space, if you like, and the algorithms like to suggest uh, similar content, don't they, to keep you trapped in. So I'm kind of thankful in, in that respect that, you know, uh, wasting all this time on the on the uh, the rubbish uh, eventually uh, got me exposed to the to the signal. Um, and and as from then on, so, you know, in terms of timeline, we're talking sort of uh, very late 2018, early 2019 now, um, and I started to realize that Bitcoin only was the way. And, and uh, I start to, the, the more technical discussions around how the protocol worked and how um, it, wanting to understand the nuts and bolts of the system. And, and you know, uh, yes, it was great that, um, you know, somebody, I was reading an article about, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, quite a cosmic article, but that, that, that sort of stuff wasn't really resonating with me. Uh, it was the more technical stuff and the podcast from people like Stefan, um, who, you know, it is almost certainly more focused on that side of things was what sort of really, uh, pushed my buttons. Um, so I, yeah, I just started from then on interacting with the communities and learning more and more, and then realizing that, as time went on, um, not only was I learning more and more, um, but I was able to uh, pass on that knowledge to other people in the different communities that I was um, 
that I was exposed to. Um, and this sort of trend just continued. Um, and I found a real kick, uh, you know, even outside of the Bitcoin space, I always liked like helping people. Um, fun fact, I almost became a teacher at one point. Um, obviously, my career took a very different path uh, to that now. Uh, but it's clearly within me to want to sort of help people. Um, and obviously, when I pair that uh, passion with, you know, a, a very distinct passion for, for Bitcoin and, and what it can potentially enable the world. Um, I got sort of addicted to try and help as many people as possible. Hence the, um, I finally ditched my uh, Twitter account under my real name so that I could uh, interact um, without fear of, you know, people knowing who I was, uh, you know, in the real world. Um, and obviously the security benefits that that sort of brings, which we might touch on later. Um, so I, I honestly don't know how Bitcoin Q&A, the name sort of um, started. It didn't, it wasn't sort of planned. It was just something that uh, the Twitter handle was free. Um, and then the my very first website came off the back of that. Well, I thought, well, I, I wanted to continue to, to sort of give back to the community in any which way I could. Um, obviously, I'm not a developer, um, so I couldn't sort of write code. So I sort of tried to give back by helping Um uh, so that sort of led to me creating my first uh, website, uh, BitcoinQ&A.com, which is essentially just a really uh, simple um, question, really simple question and answers um, on various different Bitcoin related topics. Uh, that came from a place of uh, not having something like that available to me when I first entered the space. Um, there was lots of long form articles that were really great about, uh, you know, deep diving on a specific subject, but that sort of stuff for me personally anyway, um, was quite overwhelming and I tend to have a pretty short attention span. So um, I wanted to keep the, the content that I was producing uh, more short form so that, you know, somebody could come to the website and just pick a, a single topic and say, right, today uh, I want to learn the absolute basics on the most common questions asked about Bitcoin. And the website's got various different um, uh, topics, you know, sort of privacy, coin join, et cetera, uh, things like that. And uh, I think I've got all the bases covered so that people can just uh, drop in and spend 10 minutes reading, uh, you know, the basics at a high level on a, on a specific subject. From then, uh, I've just continued on that, uh, on that trade, on that sort of uh, trajectory. And um, the, uh, the website's grown and grown. Um, I've got sort of guides on pretty much anything Bitcoin related. Um, so if, you know, if there's anybody listening to this that's got really early and you stumble across a really great podcast, uh, thanks to Princey and you want, you prefer some written form, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that, you know, my website might hopefully be uh, helpful to some people that find value in the short form stuff that's uh, more focused on the nuts and bolts of how things work and how to actually use the different tools. Um, and Thankfully, um, those contributions that I made to, to the wider community uh, got recognized and helped me um, ditch my fiat lifestyle and uh, get a job at a Bitcoin-only company called Foundation Devices, who I'm sure we'll come on to later on. Uh, so yeah, I started with them um, uh, mid uh, halfway through last year in, in August, and um, now I earn a living doing what I love, and I couldn't be happier. It's an amazing story, mate. And, and thanks for everything that you've done. I've benefited, you know, greatly from one interacting with you because you're the first person I go to on Telegram if I'm having a trouble with something technical, whether it's the, the node is playing up or whether my wallet has disconnected itself from the node or whether I've made some 
I felt as though one time I'd made some critical error on one of my uh, mobile wallets. And you've always been there, the, the, the calming, the calming robot, the other side of the, uh, of the telephone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, always more than happy for anybody to to sue uh, you know slide into my DMs if they need any help or if they're in a pinch and um, believe me I get as much out of uh, situations like you just described as you do you know when for me like seeing people have that light bulb moment on a specific subject or or just getting them over that barrier of you know why won't my wallet talk to my node or things like that is what keeps me uh, you know uh, coming back time and time again and and keeping my uh, very busy dms open because i just uh, get a real kick out of you know helping people along their journey fair to say you're a bit of a domain name junkie as well did we, we didn't touch on that yet <laughs> yeah uh th- thankfully i'm in recovery now but um, oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> along that journey yeah i um uh, obviously my various websites have gone through uh, multiple sort of iterations and they're all sort of converged under the one domain, which is bitcoiner.guide. I do have a lot of domains that I'm sort of, uh, let's say, sitting on in the hope that, uh, you know, if the Bitcoin trajectory carries on the way it's going, that these uh, domains might stack me some some nice sats um, in the years to come. The problem is they they seem like a really good idea when you buy them. Um, you know, it, it, most of the domains that I've bought are like $20 when you buy them. But when you've got sort of 10 or 15 of them and, and rising and they all come around for renewal at the same time, it's uh, a bitter pill to swallow to have to renew them every year. Especially when you could be stacking, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to compound it, I buy them all in Bitcoin. So not only am I not stacking, I'm spending <laughs> the Bitcoin to renew them. So uh, yeah, I'm just there. I'm playing the long game. What's your favorite one? Are you going to shill any? There could be some people listening right now that are ready to dive in and take one off your hands. Ooh, do you know what? Um, probably the, well, I've got to say Bitcoin, the guy, because that is my, my current, um, you know, uh, the domain where all of my content is at. So I've got to, that one's not for sale, by the way, uh, for anybody that's listening. Uh, although, you know, make me an offer. You never, never say never. <laughs> uh, outside of that, I've got a real thing for really, um short domains and one of the ones i do have which redirects to my lightning network guide is ln.guide and i think i just like it just because it's really short um but yeah most of my my domains are all dot guides so uh if it's bitcoin uh privacy.guide or bitcoin wallet.guide i've got most of those sorts of things so um yeah if you've just reminded me actually i think it's coming around time so i better uh I've got you back. Sorry, uh, you dropped okay. out. But uh, yeah, so you, it's just coming around for renewal. Um, and you've got them all come. Mate, you know, I I, I think, uh, yeah, what did I buy? Uh, gigachad.com or gigachad.me or something like that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> like it. Have you done anything with it or are you just sitting on it? Does it read? No, I've it? just sat on it. Uh, you know, I, when I meet Sailor face to face, I might just, yeah. What do you think of this? Like, you know, do you want to put? Do you yeah. want to bring this under hope.com? I Mate, mean, uh, if if anybody's a, a domain hoarder, it's uh, I think he's the king of them all, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he loves stacking them, uh, and, and I don't know, man. I it, it just it, there's got to be something in it. I I don't see it so much. I I prefer the sats, um, but then again, I don't create the websites. Uh, I've got one for the podcast, but I barely even push that out. So. It's, um, you know, like you said before, 
you were reading a cosmic article that didn't bring you into Bitcoin, didn't resonate with you, but it would have done with others. Uh, I guess the the domain name thing is going to bite some people uh, like it did the first time around. And, and that might be what brings them in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it, there's this, it's the old uh, saying, you know, horses for courses, there's, and I think, you know, there's, there's no better time than now to, as a demonstration of that. You know, if, if you like long form, there's plenty of long form uh, stuff there. If you like podcasts, there's so many great podcasts. And, you know, if you like short form stuff, there's plenty of that coming out as well. So it's a very, from an educational perspective, it's a very, very different place now, uh, a very more mature place now than it was certainly when I came in, you know, only a matter of, you know, a couple of years ago, really, uh, when I started to go Bitcoin only. So, um, so many great educators in the space uh, and videos as well. Obviously, I didn't even mention videos, but, you know, you've got people like uh, Katan from Ministry of Nodes or BTC Sessions got his, his YouTube channel. Um, we've pretty much, uh, as a collective, got all of the bases covered. So uh, it's just a matter now of keeping up with the uh, technological uh advantages uh, sorry advancements um and making sure that all of that content's up to date because that that becomes uh the next sort of problem is when you've got a a website or a youtube channel or something like that that's quite in depth and quite uh there's a lot of content there is keeping it all up to date in an industry that moves so fast is uh is quite a challenge and it's moving at the speed of light it really is amazing you know to your point earlier saying that the, the last time we spoke july 2020 Oh my goodness. Like, you know, do you still have, I wonder what the price stamp was on that episode. Do you still have it up? Uh, that is a good question. No, I'll, um, hang on. Do you I put can... them in the show notes? You do, don't you? Yeah. So every, every, every episode uh, is with the price stamp. Let me find it uh, quickly. I was going to look on uh, Spotify. Making for great listening, this one. <laughs> oh, did, 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 can you not see the show notes on uh, Anchor FM, no? You I'm can, you out. can. I just, ah, uh, oops, I just played it then, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was just doing a quick search on Spotify, but it's not coming up. No, I can't. Uh, it's not good. The show notes aren't coming up for me for some reason, but um, I, I remember you asking. Um, I found it, 9,154. Wow. So uh, significantly lower than it was today. I remember you asking me, because um, you used to do uh, price predictions, where's it going to be in 12 months from now? And I remember uh, blatantly dodging the question, just saying that it was going to be uh, higher than it is than it was today. So I guess you kind of say I was right, even though I did cop out of the question. Good dodge. Good dodge. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't ask that one anymore. It's just so pointless. We all know it's going to be up and... Uh... In a, in a much and all of us in a much better place a much more comfortable place well let's talk about that escaping fiat life uh, how how did that come around what was fiat life yeah so fiat life for me um obviously i tried to remain somewhat uh private on the internet so i'll disclose the full details but it was working uh, in the UK for a very big, uh, you know, one of the largest employers in the UK. So I was very much just a number uh, amongst, you know, thousands and thousands of others, um, sort of middle management job where you're not recognized for, you know, the efforts that you put in. Um, lots of bureaucracy, uh, lots of red tape. So you're not sort of, um, oh, I personally wasn't incentivized to do a good job. And, you know, it was, it was, um, <clears throat> 
certainly towards the end as i was getting more and more exposed to to the bitcoin ecosystem and seeing you know being exposed to people who um who are really passionate about what they do and they 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 have a real fizz uh, for life and getting up and going to work and even if that was from home or whatever um I, I, my fiat job couldn't have been further from that. Let's just say, um, you know, and it absolutely wasn't anything to do with Bitcoin either. It's, you know, my, my, my career change was a, a massive career change. Um, but uh, yeah, towards the end, I was very much, um, I'll be happy to hold my hands in the air and say I was absolutely um, swinging the lead and, and, you know, just couldn't even focus uh, for, for the, the sort of, uh, Bitcoin was kind of taking over, if you like. So the, the writing was on the wall for quite a long time. Um, but I was always um, stuck in uh, a sort of um, uh, between a rock and a hard place, if you like, where in the back of my mind, it was always a case of I always thought that, you know, you needed to be a developer to work in this space. You needed to have, uh, you know, you needed to know multiple different programming languages and you needed to have a, a deep, deep understanding of how the net, how the Bitcoin network works. And you need some really... Um, you know, you need to be super technical. Otherwise, that's it. You know, you're never going to be anything more than, you know, potentially, I don't know, something like a social media manager or something like that. And that wasn't my expertise either. Um, but thankfully, you know, I suppose my the, the, the sort of impressions that I made on people in space with the um, growing amount of content that I was putting out at the time in terms of, um, you know, helping people on board and being able to distill, you know, what what is really a very technical topic down uh, into bite-sized pieces of information that resonates with people um obviously helped um i built up you know a modest um sort of uh, following as much as that makes me cringe but i built up a modest following on twitter and got sort of um somewhat you know i guess a, a little bit of a brand really people knew sort of who i was in terms of my pseudonym online um and knew that you know i was one of the the many people that people could go to if they had questions or if you know they could go to my website if they didn't want to interact directly with me and they could seek that help um Coupled that also with the fact that the, a really great website which i'm really happy to see you shill quite regularly is bitcoinerjobs.com uh, which for those who listening to this have not uh, heard of that is it is essentially what it says on the tin. It's a, it's a job board purely for Bitcoin related jobs and Bitcoin companies can go on there uh, and post all of their job listings. And it's just kind of a, a one-stop shop for anything Bitcoin related. That is predominantly uh, like I alluded to earlier, um, more sort of technical based, but um, there's plenty of other jobs on there from, like I said, you know, social media manager to support manager to there's all sorts there. Um, if you think of a company, um, there's probably a job there in, in a Bitcoin related uh, um, capacity. So I saw that um, the guys at Foundation Devices were taking um, on a, a new developer. <clears throat> towards the middle of last year uh, obviously that wasn't me and i absolutely wouldn't be wouldn't be suited to that job but um i actually already had one of the devices their original device that they made the one of the hardware well it's called passport um was a big fan of that and a big fan of the the company ethos that that uh, zach and the team already had uh that, that again really resonated with me so um i make no bones about hiding the fact that i just dm'd him and i said look you know um we'd spoken briefly before so he knew sort of roughly who I was and what I was about and I said look um, I'm really looking to make a, a career jump um, here's my skill sets obviously you've seen my website before 
uh, here's where I think I could help. And, you know, if at any time in the future you uh, decide that you want to take on somebody to, you know, head up the, the support department and write documentation for you. And, you know, as your product set grows, you're going to need to be able to um, be able to explain to the customers how to use that and have sort of a, a support offering. I think I'd be a, a good fit and I'd like you, you, you know, hopefully you can consider me. Um and so we went back and forth over the space of a couple of months um, and, you know, really thankful to say that they, although they weren't looking to, to uh, employ uh, into that role at the time, um, I managed to uh, wear him down and beat him down. And uh, yeah, they, uh, I signed on the dotted line uh, in August last year. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's been without giving too much information away, it's been a massive, a complete U-turn from my, my previous career. Um, so I guess, you know, I don't want to paint myself out here to be, well, number one, definitely not an expert. And number two, as some sort of, uh, you know, um, I don't know, celebrity or anything like that. But it's like, if if anybody takes anything away from this that wants to get into the industry, please just remember that you don't need to be a technical person and you don't need to have experience in IT or cryptography or anything like that. If, if you, everybody's got a skill that they can bring to a Bitcoin company. It's just about working out what that is for you and being able to leverage it. Um, because um, yeah, it's, it's literally been the best move uh, I've, uh, best one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life and I, I've never been more um, busy uh, day to day uh, working at a startup uh, company you know we're, we're, we're companies only been formed since 2020 um, and we are there's only 12 of us in the team so um, we're all we're really sort of wide-ranging individuals that have got multiple skill sets so um, working at, uh, at such a small company after working at one that was uh, you know, one of the largest employers in the UK uh, is a massive shift, um, but I could not be happier. And every day, you know, no two days are the same for me now. And um, I, it's just nice to have that fizz back and be able to uh, to sort of, uh, you know, love what you do. It's it's incredible. I can hear the passion in your voice. Uh, you know, congrats. I remember when you put out a tweet along the lines of uh, just escaped my fiat life. Uh, we'll, we'll be working Bitcoin only or something. I was so happy for you. Yeah, it, it's something that when I uh, started to get really serious about uh, Bitcoin and thought, you know, started to have those those very brief fleeting thoughts that, you know, this could be something I'm really passionate about this. You know, if, if, if in a dream world, this would be something that I would love to do full time. You know, we all have those dreams or just those passing thoughts. And it was at the time, it was just a passing thought. I thought, well, I, I've got nothing for these companies to to. I've got nothing to offer for these companies. So it is just a pipe dream. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I make no bones about it. I put a lot of hard work in, uh, in terms of my spare time to create the website and sort of build a brand for myself. So it wasn't kind of a, uh, I got lucky, um, you know, I, I had to work for it and, and build up, you know, a lot of developers have sort of uh, like a, a portfolio that they take with them. So I guess you could look at my, you know, the contributions to to the education space as my sort of portfolio, if you like. And um, before I even went into the interview with with Zach and Ken, the the, C, uh, the CEO and CTO of Foundation, they already sort of knew roughly what I was about. So it was a lot more of a, a streamlined process because they sort of they'd already seen what I can do, uh, and I wasn't sort of um, you know going into the interview as a as an unknown or as a as a with no sort of portfolio 
Are you there, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it suddenly just dropped out for another 20 seconds or so randomly. Um, but yeah, you, you were just saying, basically, you're explaining proof of work. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to, to, to uh, distill it right down. Yeah, proof of work. And having the, the, the website that I built was, was absolutely, you know, something that I, I'm undoubtedly uh, sure that um, it helped me land a job. Um, because it, like you say, proof of work is proof that, um, you know, I was o- openly working a, a, a typical nine to five job for 40 plus hours a week um, and doing, you know, producing all of the content evenings and weekends just because it ha- I had a real passion for it. So, yeah, proof of work, you're absolutely right. It was um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hours gone into all of that uh, content. And thankfully, you know, that got that got recognized. The, the players listening are going to be like, yeah, yeah, okay, Bitcoin of jobs. Um, you guys have to follow this account on Twitter because like uh, Bitcoin Q&A has said, they're looking for anyone, absolutely anyone. So many of these companies just like one, for example, Coin Corner, another show sponsor, they needed an office manager. They're a physical team in the Isle of Man. And they it's like office manager. So you could even get, if your wife is an office manager, for example, eh, do you fancy moving to the Isle of Man? Like, there's a new job over here. Uh, there, there's there's several ways you can do it. Um, but that's one thing. Like, uh, what, what was your partner thinking about this? Because obviously these are big decisions to make, right? Especially if you've got a young family. This, this, this can't just be me taking a Hail Mary, trying to live the dream and and work in my passion that there might even be for some people a you know significant pay cut there's there's discussions to be had yeah oh absolutely uh and there was a lot of discussions um i I think it was kind of a, a bit of a perfect storm for me personally um you know i alluded to the fact earlier that my fiat job was um, I'll make no bones about it. It was driving me uh, towards oblivion. Um, you know, I really wasn't enjoying it. And I knew that it absolutely, you know, the thought of doing that for the for the rest of my career uh, was a, a, a really sour thought. So obviously my uh, partner was picking up on that. She knew that I wasn't happy. So thankfully, you know, being the great person that she is, she was very, very supportive of me changing because she didn't, you know, she didn't want to see me to be, um, to be unhappy. So, uh, coupled with obviously she knew that I was a big fan of Bitcoin and that this was what I was really passionate about. Um, she, when the opportunity arose to, <clears throat> to speak to, to, to Zach and hopefully, you know, uh, look into making this a full-time, look into making it a full-time gig. She was really supportive. Um, and it was, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't, there wasn't really a question of whether I should or whether I shouldn't. It was, um, it was a case of, you know, when, when let's hope you get it and when can you start? Because, you know, there's a lot to be said for, for you know, uh, earning big money, you know, if not that I was, but if, if uh, you know, chasing that, that fake career, you know, you're always chasing the next pay rise. But um, um, there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, personal happiness and spending time with your family and which I wasn't doing much of previously because of the way my old job worked. So, um, it was just a perfect storm. She was really supportive of it. And it came at a time where I'd just become a new father as well. So um, to be able to work 100% remote, obviously from home, almost coincided, you know, perfectly with uh, with our little one arriving. Um, so it was really a perfect storm. And um, 
there was there was something else I was going to say on that subject as well. Oh, I, I, just to tie it into Bitcoin as well is that you know one of the the beautiful things about Bitcoin that um, in my personal situation anyway that made it an even easier decision to give up you know a career of you know nearly twenty years. Uh, that was very secure in a big company. As much as I hated it, um, when you've got a family, that's a, to 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 go and work for a startup is a massive decision. But obviously, I'd been in you know I'd been stacking sats as diligently as possible, and thankfully Bitcoin had increased in value a little bit, and I had a, you know we had a little bit of a nest egg that provided us with a a little bit of security. You know if 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 I was to take this leap and. Um, and it didn't work out for whatever reason, then, you know, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be on the breadline tomorrow. You know, we've got that bit of a, of a cushion that we've sort of built up through, you know, the incentives around Bitcoin. And um, so, yeah, it was just, there wasn't really a question of, of if, if I was going to do it, it was just of when it was going to happen. Yeah, mate. Congrats on the little one as well. Yeah. Talk about big lifestyle changes. Uh, wow. That was a, 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 a uh, shock to the system shall we say but um yeah again one of the most incredible things ever is uh, as you're obviously well aware of um starting a family and and um yeah it just just brings brings everybody closer together doesn't it from e- not even just immediate family um so yeah one of the best decisions we've ever made is again uh was to uh was to start a family and uh couldn't be happier as well and again i think um that probably harks back to where we were talking about uh, time flying by. Um, as soon as the little one arrived, uh, yeah, time just seems to have gone into uh, into overdrive. So, uh, yeah, just trying to savor every every possible moment. And you know, thankfully, the position I'm in in terms of working from home for, fully for a fully remote co- company means that um, I get to spend uh, a lot more time than than sort of the average Joe working a nine to five uh, with with the little one. So it's 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 awesome. Bitcoin and babies, mate. This seems to be a bit of a theme, doesn't it? Yeah, we're uh, we're minting the next generation of Bitcoin, <laughs> so I thought I'd better do my part. <laughs> it's so great to see. I love it. I, I, you know, it's brilliant when I see it on Twitter. Uh, you know, people announcing this, uh, uh, even um, not not just their first. You know, adding adding to their family. It's it's an amazing thing. It's it, because again, it goes against all of this. BS narrative that we have in the mainstream, right? Like uh, you being such a uh, selfish person to bring babies into this world and uh, we're already overpopulated and it's not good for the environment. All of this complete crap, which is total lies. And a Bitcoin is flying the face of the wind of that yet again. And they're just out there like uh, the complete opposite narrative. Like, no, We've got the low time preference now. We've got the safety. I can build. I can protect. And as for a man, you know, it's a primal instinct to be able to uh, shelter your your family and your loved ones. Uh, and onward we go. It's it's an amazing thing to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm I'm still working on the on the wife uh, in terms of the. Uh the homeschooling so uh you might have to give me some tips when we're offline on that one about what where i could get that you've one. got some time uh, she's over it's he or she yeah yeah still very course. young got a couple of years yeah yeah um but uh i don't think she's fully convinced yet so uh, i might uh, take some tips from you offline on uh, what might help with that yeah 100 well one one thing to remember mate it's not public education it's state education keep that firmly in your mind and uh it's it's not a career. maybe that's where yeah, maybe that's where I was going wrong. See, I was 
quite being quite blatant about it and just calling it brainwashing. That, so that true. Went in a, in a <laughs> little, true. little bit too hard. <laughs> and well, uh, again, it's just like the, the the slight language that they use is so obvious now to many of us. You can see through like um, all of the language that they put around these narratives. Uh, but yeah, it's not a curriculum; it's an agenda, uh, and just um, it's just reprogramming your mind around um, around these little subtle nuances to 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 truly understand why it's there and what it's there for. Uh, you've got it. It is brainwashing. It's indoctrination. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's a bitter pill for everyone to follow uh, to swallow. Excuse me, because we've all been through it, um, and it's it's like. When you expose the financial system, all of a sudden, if you're brave enough to, 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 to look into it and uncover the lies, then there's no going back. Uh, but it, it takes a big leap of faith to do that in the first place. Yeah, definitely. It's it's funny, isn't it? How I don't know of a, a sort of industry or ecosystem or community, whatever you want to call it, like Bitcoin, where, you know, you might come in um, to, you know, you might come in from a financial perspective and think, you know, I just want to invest in this because it's got a good track record and I want to, um, you know, store my, my long-term wealth. Uh, and then you, you, you know, you, you go past a couple of years and you, you, you're now looking into homeschooling and you're looking into buying land and building your own homestead and bringing your kids up at home and uh, not having them, uh, indoctrinated by by the state and you know you're looking at um, moving to a country that uh, has favorable gun laws and you're skeptical of government rollouts of vaccine programs and it's it's crazy how much it opens your eyes to uh, other worlds that are absolutely not related to bitcoin in any way shape or form I love all those characters as well. And Max has done a great job on his bit by bit pod. Uh, I know you're a regular guest on there. I listen to those and his Meshtadel series, uh, you know, the idea of meshing together all of these citadels, because we're going to be spread out physically in different locations, but how can we kind of uh, decentralize the risk and, and have places to go where we know we're going to be surrounded by like-minded people. It's, it's truly amazing to see this happening and such great conversations happening around it and listening to people like Ben Gunn, who, who comes in and he's talking about come from, he used to be a, like a deep sea diver and lived in Phuket was in the financial markets. And now he's become like an owner of a timber mill and he wants to sell his products just to Bitcoiners so they can build their, their homes. And it's, it's mad. It's truly, it's such a, a an amazingly, optimistic space it's a great place to to be in and to you know be serving this community and speaking to people like yourself yeah i think that's the community is something that i talk about uh, i've talked about quite regularly on on other podcasts and that's what uh, certainly one of the things that sort of helped me stick around was anywhere i ever went and asked for help be it from you know understanding the technical aspect or um, needing a concept of, uh, you know, the, the monetary policy explaining to me. I, I've never asked for help and been turned away from anybody in the space. Um, and I think, you know, that's a credit to, to the, well, the space as a whole, I guess, and the people that it draws in and, and manages to keep in. Um, everybody's just so damn helpful. And I guess... No, no, we're uh, all toxic. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, no, everybody's toxic and every. Well, in fairness, there is there is a certain um, 
corner of Bitcoin Twitter, shall we say, that hates everything. But um, in the most part, uh, any you know, anytime you ever ask for help for anything, uh, it's never ever a no. Um, and even you know, to I've I've asked some really stupid questions back in the early days to some really uh, well-known developers, and you know, who are clearly incredibly busy and building some of the the awesome tools that we've got in the space and again not one of them ever sort of fobbed me off or or you know gave me a sarcastic comment they all took the time to explain you know why what i was suggesting was wrong or a bad idea or or if it was just the technical aspect that they were they just took the time out of their day to explain it to me and it's probably proof that again much like you and i that they're really passionate about this and they're passionate about uh, helping others get onboarded and, and started. So um, I guess, I suppose a, a useful tip bit for the listeners, you know, if you're new to this space, don't be afraid to ask the questions and that everybody's uh, who's more experienced in this is, has almost certainly heard that question before at some point. Um, so the, the, again, the old uh, adage of the only stupid question is one that doesn't get asked, that doesn't get asked, sorry. Um, so don't be afraid to, to reach out that the Bitcoin community is quite incredible. 100% agree. And if anybody does ask that question and that person doesn't know the answer, they'll soon put you on to somebody that does, right? I, I've done this before in DMs. It's like, oof, no, I got no, I have no game. I have no right answering this question, but I know a man who can. Yeah, funny enough, um, a lot of uh, the stuff that I actually learned was by people as I started to interact more and, and try to be helpful where I could in like telegram rooms and stuff. A lot of uh, <clears throat> what I learned for the more technical stuff was people asking me questions that I didn't know the answer to and just taking it upon myself to to go and find the answer. And, and obviously, by proxy of teaching that person, I was learning the answer to the question along the way as well. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, was kind of a, a fun little way of it forced me to learn as well um so uh yeah i think that's that's how i was um usefully spending my time towards the back end of my uh, fiat job let's say i'm sure i'm free to say it now as i don't work for them <laughs> well that's my last question about this uh and then we'll move on to foundation and hardware wallets and all of that really important stuff but just to dangle that carrot again for the for the listeners that are trapped in fiat jobs and, and they're trying to get rid of that aspect of their life and move into uh, a Bitcoin life, go for it. They're, like we said, there's multiple ways you can do this. How was that resignation day? Can you talk us through that that moment and that feeling as as you, um, did you fire off an email? Did you do it face-to-face? -face? Yeah, uh, I was actually on holiday when um, I, so Zach had already given me the nod uh, a week before that, that I, I had the job and I was just waiting for the contract, but obviously I didn't want to uh, jack in a 20 year career um, without having, you know, a piece of paper with a formal offer from, from foundation. So I was, I was actually on holiday. I was waiting for Zach's email to come through, uh, which came through on the Friday afternoon. So I already had the email drafted to my boss. It was just sat in my drafts waiting to be sent. So it already, I was prepped and ready to ready to fire. So um, <clears throat> yeah, the Friday afternoon came, got got the contract offer from Zach, and fired off the email to my boss. Um, cracked open a Corona um, <laughs> to celebrate. Um, yeah, it was just an incredible feeling. Obviously, I was already on a high because I was because I was on holiday as well. Um, and uh, yeah, the boss the boss phoned me and and asked me, uh, you know, why I was leaving. Said it was a little bit out of the blue. So clearly, I was. Um, 
hiding my distaste for the job quite well, which is which is always nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't actually tell him that I was going to work for a Bitcoin company. Um, I guess that's the the sort of more private person in me that I just didn't want um, these people knowing where I was going. So I just you know made up that I was going to work for a um, like a, a an online security company, basically, is what I said, which is kind of true, I guess, if you're stretching the truth a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a really, really good feeling, celebrated for the whole weekend. Um, and yeah, absolutely haven't looked back since. So um, yeah, it's fantastic. Well done, mate. A corona, I'm guessing you were in Mexico or are you just down in the West Country somewhere of the UK? <laughs> You know, no. Well, we were uh, we were in and out of lockdown, yeah. So it was just um, it was just in a uh, seaside town in the UK. Right. So uh, yeah, <laughs> on a Friday afternoon as well. Perfect timing. All right, couldn't have been better. Foundation. Let's get into it. Who who are they? What are they? What do they do? Why is it important? Yeah. So Foundation Devices. Um, we make hardware wallets. Um, so we. Um, the company was started uh, in 2020 um, by our founders, Ken and, and Zach, um, and a couple of other guys as well, um, to um, we're striving to make uh, hardware wallets um, more approachable um, and less um, sort of uh, less, uh, I don't want to say boring, but less, you know, they wanted to inject a bit more fun and a bit more um sort of um, just make things easier to to approach for for beginners so um, the guys this is all of this uh, that I'm currently about to say is before I joined the company so they came out with their founders edition uh, passport uh, is the name of the device which is completely um, air gapped which means you don't need to plug it into any other device like a computer for it to operate uh, operates off AAA batteries it's got a, it's got a camera and it interacts with with uh, all of the different software wallets through the use of uh, QR codes. So you can pass information back and forth that way. Um, it was, um, you know, the, the, everything that the company does is completely free and open source, meaning that anybody is with the technical know-how is free to uh, take, take a copy of the code, make their own device. They can build uh, their own foundation devices from the schematics. Uh, if they, again, if they've got the, the tooling and the know-how to do that, um, they can sell that as well if they want, uh, as long as they keep it open source. So we're very open um, ar around uh, what we do and how we approach uh, building hard, you know, really secured hardware. Uh, we because we, you know, the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem is built upon that free and open source um, uh, ethos, if you like, and we wanted to continue that in everything that we do as well. Um, but we wanted to do that in a, such a way that injected a little bit of fun and made these devices, you know, super secure. That's obviously paramount for a um, for a for a hardware wallet. That's the first thing you need. But we also wanted to make it look nice. Uh, we wanted to make it a little bit fun to use and wanted to make it just look a little bit different to uh, to the other devices that were on the market. So so the original device for those that haven't seen it looks a lot uh, quite analogous to. Um, the old uh, Nokia oblong phones. I forget the modern numbers now, but uh, they, they do look similar to that. Uh, and with the, the new device, which we're just about to uh, start shipping next month, uh, called the Passport Batch 2, um, we've injected uh, even more fun with that one uh, and just improved on some of the sticking points that um, that the Founders Edition uh, uh, sort of uh, had. So do, do you want me to cover off the, the sort of points on the new device or... 
you want me to pause for any sort of questions on that? No, let's go for it. Uh, actually, well, one thing I, I really want to get stressed to the listeners, uh, and I say it on the, the intro and outro of every show, is that, you know, this, this it doesn't get more important than, than taking control of your keys. Uh, so if if you want to stress the importance of that and why, uh, and then we can talk about, um, you know, how you guys help people do that. Yeah, definitely. So um, there's a, 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 I keep coming out with all these quotes today, don't I? But, we love uh, it. There's a, quote in Bitcoin, there's a quote in Bitcoin that says, not your keys, not your coins. Uh, that's a really distilled version of saying that if you are, if you have your Bitcoin sort of uh, with a third party, then you have no Bitcoin at all. You have an IOU or a claim on that Bitcoin. If whether or not that company chooses to give you that Bitcoin is completely up to them. Um, and, you know, obviously that comes with significant uh, what we call third party risk. Everything that we do with our devices is to empower the user to take control of their own Bitcoin um, by doing what's called managing their own private keys, which sounds really scary. But the whole point of uh, our device and the way that we build it is that it makes it really uh, easy to do and really approachable. So that's uh, one of the key things that it's probably one of the, the early learnings that most people have when they sort of start going down the rabbit hole is not your keys, not your coins. And, you know, if my Bitcoin is not in a wallet where I'm in control um, of, of those private keys, then um, I don't really have any Bitcoin. Um, so there's multiple ways you can do that, um, ranging from as simple as an app on your mobile phone uh, to a dedicated hardware device like WeShip. Uh, or you can use a, a software application on uh, on your laptop, um, or you can also work with them with a third party, such as uh, people might have heard of Casa or Unchained. Uh, they have their own sort of applications where they can sort of share the custody with you. So it's kind of like a hybrid model and, and, and a little bit more for uh, larger amounts of Bitcoin, if you'd like. So we sit uh, somewhere in the middle um, where we're designed for what's called cold storage. Um, and that terminology comes from the fact that um, the, 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 the term hot wallet uh, is uh, used to describe a wallet that is on an internet connected device, like a mobile phone or a laptop. Generally speaking, these sort of applications are better suited um, to smaller amounts of Bitcoin just because the fact that they've they're on a you know let's say your laptop which might be malware infected and it's definitely got an internet connection uh, there's just a bigger attack surface there which is why it's generally uh, advised to keep smaller amounts on there with a device like ours that's completely offline uh, you couldn't connect it to a computer even if you wanted to because there are you know there's there's no um there's no compatible ports there's no bluetooth there's no wi-fi um so you physically can't connect it to a computer so we completely, uh, that's what's called an air gap. So we completely uh, remove it from uh, any sort of uh, risky devices like a, a, a laptop or a phone. Um, and we do that communication back and forth when we sign transactions via the use of QR codes, but we maintain the, the air gap. Um, so by, by having that air gap around the device, uh, which simply means it's not connected, then it just makes any uh, attacks from you know somebody on the other side of the world that might have sort of let's say they've hacked into your laptop, um, they, they might have hacked into your laptop, but they can't get to that device because it physically can't talk to the internet. It doesn't know how to. Um, so by way of that, that's where the terminology of cold storage comes from. 
Um, so generally speaking, that these kind of devices are designed for keeping your, uh, you know, your Bitcoin savings in, if you like. Um, so I hope that covers the the basics of, you know, the differences between um, the types of wallets and why you might choose to use a hardware wallet, um, because it's just that it's that exponential next level of uh, of security for your your Bitcoin storage. It's and it's absolutely essential. Uh, to to um to to take control of your of your bitcoin like we've we've spoken about it on on many different other podcasts as well uh are you are you a wallet junkie do you have like uh, 50 of these things like some of the other bitcoiners out there i know you're a bit of a hobbyist at heart yeah i've got um what i right in front of me what i like to call my bitcoin drawer which has got um pretty much most of the hardware wallets uh, ever created um I, yeah i just i just well number one i like to tinker and and number two um i also obviously like to write um tutorials and guides so uh you know on showing people how to use these devices so um you know obviously i can't really write a, a, a guide to show somebody how to use it if i don't have the device itself so yeah i've got uh, i've got all of them from you know the, the the beautiful ones like passport which are built ready made to things like seed signer and um you know, I've even got an old uh, Ledger uh, Ledger Nano, which was my first hardware wallet. So yeah, I've got them all. I've tested them all, and um, I um, I'm obviously biased. Uh, there's no doubt about that from working for Foundation. But I think you know we've we've got um, definitely one of the best out there, and certainly one of the easiest to use um, for some of the reasons that I've touched on, um, and also some of the products that we've got coming out that that will um, enable us to make that uh, that interaction even easier. It's what I love about the, the Bitcoin space and this this idea of uh, free open source software, uh, because, you you know, we, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants at the end of the day, and we're just taking what's already available and just reiterating it and finding, I mean, wind back, mate, right, to 2017, 18, 19, whatever, when, when you probably first started messing around with these things. And the biggest problem in the space then, you probably remember all over Twitter, oh, it's all about UX. Do you remember that? Like it was every day, like the Bitcoin UX is like user experience sucks and this sucks and this sucks. We're never going to get the new wave if we don't improve the UX of this and that. And we've got to make things more simple. And here we are. It's taken no time at all, if you think about it. Yeah, it's it's been fairly quick and, and fairly swift. Um, I remember back when I first sort of started going bitcoin only was the only you know if you had a hardware wallet the only way you could um interact with that you know yeah you, ha- you have to buy a hardware wallet with a software wallet because the software wallet is the, the piece that kind of talks to the bitcoin network and that's what's on your on your phone or your laptop um the o- only option literally the only option was electrum um, and I'm not the biggest fan of Electrum, and it's still around today. Some people like it, um, but I personally think that the user interface is certainly not very intuitive, especially for new beginners. You fast forward to now, and we've got beautiful pieces of software like Spectre Desktop, Sparrow Wallet. Uh, you've also got, we've got loads of mobile wallets now that all work with hardware wallets. So, you know, uh, we've got Nunchuk, you've got Simple Bitcoin Wallet, uh, you've got Envoy, which we're releasing next month, which is dedicated to Passport. So you don't even need a computer now to 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 interact in a really simple 
quick ma- uh, fashion with your, uh, you know, your cold storage device. Um, so, you know, we're, we're heading towards a, a increasingly mobile first world. So uh, the, the amount of options that are on the table now for um, just, just wallets in general, but also wallets that interact directly with your cold storage um, is it, it's, it's, uh, it's night and day compared to what it was just a couple of years ago. Amazing. So, all right, foundation then. Let, let's. Um, you, you said um, the word cold storage, uh, hot wallet. Then there's another thing in there as well, like uh, lightning. Uh, do you want to try and um, tie all these things together and, and, and help the listeners understand exactly what we're talking about and where you guys are trying to make a difference? Yeah, so I'll, I'll leave the uh, lightning bit right to the end because that's not uh, a space that we're getting into just yet. Um, but yeah, in terms of cold storage, so we are just about to release our um, our batch two device, which is a, an improvement on, on our founder's edition, which is uh, 20% thinner. Uh, it's got a rechargeable lithium ion battery, which is removable. Uh, those of you that uh, had a mobile phone in the late 90s will be very familiar with the type of battery that this is. And you, you know, you can pick them up uh, on Amazon for like, you know, eight or $10. They're, they're really cheap and they're really commoditized. Um, that is rechargeable via a USB-C uh, port. Um, so I can hear the more technical users thinking, well, hang on a minute. You said I couldn't connect it to a computer, but it's got a USB-C port on it. So the, the interesting thing here is that the port that we use on the device is power only. Um, so if you were to try and transmit any data over it, the, the physical pins on that port to enable that transfer are not there. And you can actually look at the device and see that the pins are missing. So uh, it's plain to see that it's a power only port and it's just used to, to, recharge, the, to recharge the battery. We've also added a really vivid color display, which makes the new user interface, which is also being packaged with the, the new device, um, absolutely beautiful to, to work with. And, you know, it's it's a nice big screen. There's plenty of information that we can get across on there. And the user interface has been completely overhauled so that there's a lot less um uh, we like to call it decision fatigue, where we, we only show the user what, what they need to see on the screen at the time uh, so as not to... Um, not to sort of overwhelm them, but more advanced users, if they want to go poking around in the settings, we've got loads of advanced features there as well, like passphrases or different accounts and whatnot that uh, that they could use as well if they choose to do so. Um, and um, going back to the uh, the point about being an increasingly mobile first world, um, with with hardware wallets, they have uh, they come shipped with software on them that helps them operate. Now, over time, uh, all of the hardware wallet manufacturers will release updates to that software to either improve the interface, uh, to add features, to remove features, or to um, to fix sort of security vulnerabilities that may have arisen. All of those um, are done. You know, you have to download that software from somewhere. Generally speaking, it's the um, the manufacturer's website, uh, and then you need to get that to to the device. Now, obviously. If this device that I'm talking about is completely air-gapped then you can't plug it into a computer, that poses a little bit of a problem. Uh, but thankfully, we, we have a micro SD card slot, which um, allows you to save the, the, the updated software onto the SD card. You can just pop that into the device uh, and update the firmware in a couple of, clips, a couple of clicks. We're actually shipping the device with... Um, some micro SD card readers that plug directly into your phone. We've, we've got one that works with Apple phones and we've got the, the generic one that works with all Android phones as well. So even to update the software on your device now, you don't need to 
um, if you choose not to use your laptop, you can just download it straight from your phone with the with the app, which uh, is called Envoy, and I'll come on to that in a second. Um, so you don't ever need to, you know, to set this device up to interact with it to update the software. You never need to if you don't want to have it ever connected to, uh, or have it talk to a, a laptop or a computer. So um, just all of those sort of little iterations um, are um, geared towards helping uh, simplify the process and make it a much more enjoyable and uh, much more enjoyable process of, de you know, dealing with your core storage, which some users can find really stressful because, uh, you know, as Bitcoin does what Bitcoin likes to do and, you know, increase in value, you know, your, your modest um, <clears throat> investment now might be a significant amount of money in five years. And um, having that responsibility of dealing with, uh, you know, most people are not used to that because they're used to letting the, the bank look after their funds. Um, so when you've got all of that responsibility on your shoulders and this might be a significant portion of your family's life savings, being able to do that in a device that's really intuitive to use and that has a really um, simple user interface that uh, guides you through any of the steps that you need to take uh, just helps alleviate some of that stress when you're, you know, sending or receiving uh, with the added stress of, you know, being your own bank. Is it boomer ready? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, th this is, this is a hardware wallet that you can give to your mom uh, <laughs> and she, she, she'll be able to figure it out. Um, but just to make things <clears throat> even easier, you know, even if you were to just hand them the device, they'd be able to use it. It's really intuitive, but we are also releasing when we ship the device as well, um, our, our application uh, called Envoy. So Envoy is a cross-platform app. Uh, so it works on uh, Android and Apple. Um, iOS, should I say, that's built on top of um, other great open source libraries. So uh, Mr. Dorsey's company, Block, um, his team have been making uh, or working on a, a wallet framework called BDK, Bitcoin Development Kit. Uh, so we're actually going to be one of the first wallets to, to hit the market that's built on top of that open source framework. Um, so again, harking back to, to our company ethos and building and contributing back to, to, the, to the space. Um, so the, the idea between uh, for Envoy is that it's um, the the default application for you to uh, show you how to set the device up, and that's everything from turning it on to uh, setting up a pin to completing the uh, supply chain validation to check that the device hasn't been tampered with uh, in in transit since it, after it leaves our factory to you know all of the typical run of the mill um, uh, things that you might do with your call story, so sending and receiving Bitcoin verifying your receiving address um, on, on the software wallet. Um, we've packaged all that into a mobile application that makes it really super simple. You know, there's no uh, bells and whistles on this one. There's, there's not many advanced features, certainly at, um, at launch anyway. <clears throat> the whole point of this device is for uh, it to be uh, your holding hand when you're starting out. Um, let's say Passport's your first, um, your first cold storage device. Um, if you were to buy a passport and download Envoy, everything's just so intuitive. It's the, the, the user interfaces across the two are complementary, and uh, there's a step-by-step -step guide for everything in terms of getting started. We, we also have push notifications. You can download the firmware directly through the app. Uh, there's a support center there, uh, options to, um, to contact us for one-on-one you know, -on -one support. Um, and we've also just built some more advanced features as the default uh, within the application. So uh, if you, uh, let's say, Daniel, you run your own node and you 
uh, you want to connect Envoy to that so that you've got sort of a good base level of privacy, then you can do that. That's one of the base features that you don't have to connect to your own node, but if you choose to do so, you, we absolutely allow you to do that. And all of our uh, network level traffic goes through the Tor network. So again, just making the defaults, you know, the user doesn't have to turn that on. It's just by default, their, their network level um, privacy is, is good. Um, I just want to cap it off as well by saying, you know, we want this to be the default for um, new Passport users, but it's absolutely not a requirement. You don't need to use Envoy to interact with Passport. So if you just want to buy a device from us um, and you're a big fan of Spectre Desktop, you know, will always be compatible with all of the major platforms that I've spoken about before. So, you know, if you're an advanced user and you want to use Spectre or Sparrow or a simple Bitcoin wallet, we we abide by all of the typical uh, wallet standards to, to make sure that we're, we're interoperable with, uh, you know, if there's a hardware wallet uh, capable wallet out there that you can rest assured that Passport will work with it. You mentioned BDK there, um, the, what what Jack Dorsey's up to, and he announced just recently that they were were going to put like a fingerprint recognition thing on on their wallets, and he took a pretty hard slap for that. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, so um, one of his companies is like you say is building um, a, a well, from what I can glean for the information they've provided, they're building a really sort of uh, low cost hardware wallet that um, looks like it doesn't have a, a screen on it, uh, which is a, a a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, and it also, as you correctly say, has a, a fingerprint scanner on it, which, um, you know, it, it kind of doesn't really take a genius to, to work out that, you know, fingerprint scanners uh, are, you know, they're difficult to spoof, but they're also um, really easy to force you to, you know, use, you know, if somebody could quite easily overpower you and force you to put the fingerprint fingerprint on the scanner uh, of your hardware wallet um, and then take the hardware wallet off you when it's unlocked. Uh, it's quite a simple attack really that um, I, it just seems a bit of a strange choice for a hardware wallet, but if this is kind of, you know, a hardware wallet that's geared more to day-to-day -day spending, because I know they're going to pair it, it's going to have like um, a two-factor authentication where they need to sort of sign off from their servers, I believe, as well, uh, which tells me that it's sort of geared towards more day-to-day -to -day spending, <clears throat> more than deep cold storage, which is, you know, where we see um, uh, Passport being much better suited and much more secure. So um, I think it just depends on the application. But for, for a cold storage device, um, having a fingerprint scanner on it to, to gain access and authorized transactions seems like a, a, a strange choice, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense because, you know, if you're building something that you're going to use day to day, that they're, they're already out there, right? They're the hot wallets, they're the lightning wallets, which are, you know, we, right. we all have that finger scanner on our phone. Um, so I, I get that. I just don't understand why you'd have it on a cold storage device, which is going to be in the back of your safe or wherever um, you you hide it um, in a different location. Um, that, yeah, that it, I don't know it's a weird one. And certainly the, the community made their their thoughts known and it seems as though i don't know I don't, I don't know whether they'll change tack on that yeah the the other thing to consider as well is that they've alluded to the fact that the device isn't going to have a screen um which might not seem like a deal breaker to most people but just something to consider that one of the key things a hardware wallet will or should do if it's you know if it's a good device when you're um making a transaction it should show you the 
the addresses that you're sending to. So the recipient address of your intended recipient. Um, and, you know, if there's any change from that transaction, that is that actually going back to your wallet? So you can do a visual check on that with something like Passport and, and verify that, um, you know, the, the transaction that you've been presented isn't sort of a malicious one. And, and you know, you, nobody's going to try and steal a change from your transaction. If you haven't got a screen, then you just got to trust what that device you know, if it signs it and it says, yeah, that's good to go. Well, you're just kind of putting a little bit, of, well, a lot of trust in the device to to um, do what they says it does uh, because you've got no visual way to to verify that. So again, it, it seems that they've positioned themselves in a really weird position in the market where it's not as convenient as a hot wallet, like you say, with it, which is which are perfectly fine on just an app on your phone. And it's nowhere near as secure as, as a cold storage device like passport or one of the other ones on the market so um maybe you know i'll you know maybe i'm missing some 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 detail but from what i've i've seen and, and read from their documentation it just seems to sit in a in a sort of uh, no man's land in terms of what we've got currently mm. i'm all for it though free market competition you know bring it on jack let's go uh you know i did i'm sure you echo those sentiments as well um but i mean wallet wars is there a thing are wallet wars real or is there a lot of collaboration within the space how have you um kind of since you've come into like this specific area uh, you obviously already had a deep knowledge of all the different wallets and you've been seeing that uh, perhaps a few missiles thrown at each other but now you're you know entrenched within one of these companies do, do you get a different feel uh it the there's probably both, I would say. Uh, there are, yeah, some quote-unquote wallet wars, I'll say, where so, some people, let's say, don't like competition. Um, other people, you know, I'm obviously not going to name names here, but other, there are other companies that are um, really uh, forthcoming with, uh, you know, support and, and sharing ideas. And, you know, I would say 90% of, well, yeah, 99% of the all of the software wallet that we sort of obviously have to work with to make sure that Passport's compatible with them and vice versa. All of those interactions have been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, um, because it's a mutual benefit for both, you know, the, the guys who are developing the software wallets want to be able to say that, you know, look, we're, we're compatible with Passport, Cold Card, Ledger, uh, Bitbox, et cetera. It's because it's a feather in their cap. Um, and obviously we as a hardware manufacturer want to be able to say, yep, we work with all of the software wallets as well. So, so that um, uh, stokes the fires of, of um, being compatible and, and working together. It, when you sort of uh, narrow it down a little bit further in terms of, you know, in, uh, how can I put it, um, into sort of specific sections. So uh, let's say, just the hardware wallet space where you know they are direct competitors then the, there's a little bit more competition there shall we say which i absolutely echo your sentiment uh free markets are good uh competition makes everybody uh strive to to be the best and to put out the best hardware and software and the the net benefit from that is that the end user gets the best product um and and the best products float to to the top and will win and um i think we're still really early you know there's there's a lot of great options on the market and you know we're just trying to play our part in that but yeah there's absolutely uh, you know behind the scenes that there is uh, some I want to say animosity, um, but there is uh, stiff competition, let's say. But yeah, it, as soon as you go outside of that and it's sort of, 
you know, hardware talking to, to software and things like that, everything's so much more amicable and, and just a really nice place to be. From bug bounties, that, that's a thing some of the companies do, isn't it? Yeah, we do. So we don't um, we don't actually publish sort of uh, physical uh, or hard numbers. But yeah, if, if anybody uh, comes to us with a, a vulnerability that checks out and we're able to to improve our product as, as a part of that, and then, yeah, we we absolutely pay those. Um, thankfully, um, certainly in, in, I can only speak for the time that I've been with the company. I don't think we've we've had any at all, which um, is really good to see. But, you know, never say never. You know, the security space is um is an ever-changing beast and the, the tooling and, and the, the software that uh, people have available to them to attack this sort of stuff um, is, is always changing. Uh, so we're always, um, you know, keeping our ears to the ground and, and sort of testing, um, trying to break our own stuff as well, um, again, just to make the, the best product that we can. Is solving the $5 wrench attack uh, a possibility, do you think, or is that something that's always going to be uh, a consideration when people are considering these wallets? Um, you know, to, for those that are you know, wondering what that is, that's basically someone uh, corners you, bashes you, over, or threats to bash you over the head with a five dollar wrench until you tell them that you, you know your private keys and hand over your Bitcoin. Um, what's um, is this always like the the, the kind of thing, the, the the golden the golden thing to solve? Yeah, I'll. I'll... Uh, I think it is, it's, it's, you can heavily mitigate against it. Um, funny you should mention it actually, because uh, I just want to start with uh, something, one of the community members in the foundation telegram room said the other day about, uh, but we, we, there was a discussion about mitigating against a $5 wrench attack and something that made me spit out my morning coffee was he said, um, well, just strap a $10 wrench to the back of your passport and it's job done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to, to make things uh, a little bit more serious, is that the uh, so uh, second commandment, uh, like um, the, the right to bear wrenches? Yeah, yeah, we, we were thinking about shipping a big wrench with the device <laughs> as well, but we thought that it might make the packaging a bit bulky. <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, there's multiple ways that you can uh, mitigate against this, and it kind of just depends on uh, number one, your technical expertise, number two, the time that you want to spend, you know, uh, on your Bitcoin security. Uh, and number three, um, how much you want to spend on it. So I'll cover the sort of three main ways that you can do it. Um, number one would be to uh, apply um, what's known as a passphrase to your wallet. So you can look at a passphrase as like uh, an additional layer of security um, to your Bitcoin wallet. So anybody who set up a Bitcoin wallet uh, that's listening to this will be familiar with the concept of seed words, uh, which are generally 12 or 24 words long those are the master backup to your Bitcoin. So let's say you you have a hardware device and you drop it down the toilet. As long as you've got those seed words, you know, your Bitcoin's not lost. It hasn't been flushed down the toilet as well. That's the, the aspect is exactly the same for software wallets too. Um, when you couple that with uh, those, those seed words with a passphrase um, and you sort of use the, the combination of the two to create your wallet, um, you anybody that's attacking you if they were to get just one of those so let's say they break into your house and they find your seed words written on a piece of paper if your wallet is protected with a passphrase which is just an additional word or phrase it can be it's user defined you can much like a password you can make it as short or as long as you like if they were to if the attacker was to just break in steal your seed words and run away 
uh, then they get nothing. They get an empty wallet if you haven't deposited any funds into that. They they need the combination of your passphrase and your seed words to be able to um, to be able to steal your Bitcoin. So that's like a think of it like a two factor authentication, if you like, where you need both those pieces of information, which is a really probably the most simple way that you can. Um, defend against the $5 wrench attack. The caveat, of course, is that you now have two things that you need to worry about in terms of your Bitcoin backup. So where previously you had just a, a seed word, so on a piece of paper or hopefully stamped into some metal that you could keep in a safe, well, now you've got that plus uh, the backup of your passphrase. Um, obviously, it makes zero sense to keep them together because you know the, the attacker will steal them both at the same time. So you need sort of two locations to keep them in that are secure. Um, and you also um, need to remember that when you are restoring your Bitcoin, you need both of those. Um, so if you were to lose one, uh, you lose all your Bitcoin uh, or, you, yeah, you lose access to your Bitcoin. So um, uh, not a decision to be made lightly, but implemented correctly is a very powerful um thing to to prevent or to mitigate against the five dollar wrench attack and is probably the default step that most people take when they sort of go start to go a little bit further down the rabbit hole and they think well you know that that i've got a really secure hardware device here but that, that those uh, plain text seed words that are in my safe are a little bit of a, of a risk here so uh, i want to increase my security a passphrase is a great option to do that um, and all of the good uh, software and hardware wallets will enable you to add a passphrase to your wallet um, and pass passport uh, is certainly one of those as well the next step uh, that you could do is uh, is what's known as multi-signature um so we're getting a little bit more advanced here. Um, so a typical wallet, you know, let's say the setup that I've just you uh, just described, uh, where you have a single set of seed words, that's known as um, single sig or single signature, where you only require uh, that application or that hardware wallet to sign off on transactions, just one signature from one device. With a multi-signature wallet, you set up a wallet with uh, multiple uh, of these devices uh, pulled together to create one single sort of collective wallet. <clears throat> when you create that wallet, you can uh, define the spending policy um, of what's required to move any funds out of that wallet. So I'll give you an example of one of the common ones would be a two of three setup where you've got three devices that combine to, to create the wallet. And to authorize on any spends, you need two signatures. So you need to sign from two of those devices. So you can you can imagine now the the extra level of security that provides where hopefully if you're storing these devices uh, in different locations, um, the the five dollar wrench attacker now not only needs to compromise one of your uh, secure locations, he then needs to uh, drag you to your you know he needs need you to tell them where the, the second secure location is, take you there without anybody noticing that you're under, under duress and then get you to sign with that second, uh, that second uh, device. Um, so these uh, multi-sig sort of spending policies can be as, as weird and wonderful as you like. So you could have two or three, uh, three or five, uh, seven of 11. Um, obviously, with the more devices you add, the more the increasing complexity and the more secure locations you need to store all these devices. So generally speaking, the, the smaller core rooms, like two or three, are the, the best approach for an individual or a family, if you like. Um, and the final setup that you can use uh, is, is also known as a multi-signature setup. 
but you can opt to use uh, or interact with a third party uh, where they hold one of those keys. So I'll use the two or three setup as an example. Um, so with a company like Casa or Unchained, uh, Unchained Capital, sorry, um, they would sort of help you set up that multi-signature wallet and actually hold one of the keys. Um, so in the event that you were to lose one of the one of your uh, devices, they would be on hand to help you uh, with their key that they hold on your behalf uh, to help you recreate a new wallet and move all of your funds into that new wallet. So it's just an extra level of mitigation that, you know, let's say you've got three devices and you, you only have two secure locations, something like the CASA service or the Unchained Capital service might be a good option where they hold a key for you and, you know, you know they, they're keeping that secure for you if you ever need it. Because they only hold a single key, uh, they're never uh, what's known as a majority key holder. So they can't sort of, with that single key, uh, run off with any of your Bitcoin because you need two of those, uh, if it was a two or three setup, to sign any transactions. So it, it's a good little trade-off where uh, if you're um, a little bit wary about you know being fully responsible for all of your Bitcoin and you, you need a little bit of a helping hand, um, then that might be a good option to explore. Obviously, you know these are companies; they're they're for-profit companies, and they take a fee for those services. And depending on the level of support that you choose, you're going to have to um, pay different amounts uh, of of uh, money for, to to attain those services. So that was a really long answer, but I hope I uh, did it some justice because it is a really serious topic and something that should be uh, thought about from everybody, uh, you know, listening to this that's self-custody in their Bitcoin because. Um, uh, another one of the quotes that, that's common is that, you know, your Bitcoin today um, might be worth, you know, 10 times that in, in just a couple of years, you know, if, if the value continues to increase. So um, act on the um, on the thought process that your Bitcoin is already worth 10 times what it is now and, and set your security policy uh, to suit that. Yeah. And with uh, great purchasing power comes great responsibility. And it's down to you. It certainly does. And yeah, it certainly does, and it, and it's not something that the 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 legacy financial system uh, helps us understand. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a big wake up call when you sort of finally realise that um, this money, uh, you know, in terms of Bitcoin, is is yours. You're in control of it. Nobody has a say of when and where you spend it. Um, but if you lose it or you lose one of your backups, um, then that's where the responsibility bit comes in. And once it's gone, it's gone. You know, there's no refunds, unfortunately. So just on that last point, um, talking about the the services offered by companies such as Casa or Unchained, there, there's another aspect to that that needs to be taken into consideration, I suppose, when people are doing this, is um, that, that at that point, there's going to be a level of uh, KYC, right, from these companies, know your customer. Uh, and there's also the added risk that, depending which jurisdiction they're in, there might come a point where they're, they're forced to give up uh, customer data, you know, lawfully. Yeah. So, so this is one of the trade-offs with, with those, uh, those services is that although they cannot steal your Bitcoin um, they hold a certain level of information uh, about you uh, as part of their service. And I'm sure that they're, um, they are forced to do that by the jurisdictions that they operate in, um, which may, you know, we live in a world where everybody shares too much inf information on the internet. Um, so that might not seem like a big uh, trade-off for most people, but 
like you say, the the regulatory landscape uh, with Bitcoin um, is changing constantly all over the world, and and it does it's not changing in unison either. You know, different jurisdictions um, are more favourable, and different jurisdictions are less favourable. Um, and just because one jurisdiction is uh, favourable now does not mean they always will be. Um, so they may be, like you correctly said, you know, they may receive uh, a subpoena from their government to say. Uh, we we now don't like Bitcoin. We want to know all of your customers' names and addresses so that um, we can uh, impose an un, um, unrealized capital gains tax on them because uh, if they're in the US, then that's a new rule that we just imp- implemented because we decided we wanted to. Um, if you've exposed your public, inf- your personal information to these companies, then um, unfortunately, you know, as good as these companies are, they're not going to throw themselves under the bus just to keep you private. So, you know, it's, they're going to act in the interest of keeping themselves out of prison and your information will be shared with, with that jurisdiction's government. And, you know, the ramifications of that are obviously, you know, we don't know what that will be because it depends completely on what the regulation is, but it's something worth considering. Um, so if it's kind of a trade-off between security and privacy that you can absolutely make your own uh, multi-sig setup, uh, but it's not something to be rushed into. Uh, but if you value your privacy more, then you, you know you're almost certainly going to have to want to. Uh, you're going to need to sort of roll your own if you like. Uh, but obviously that comes with greater responsibility again because you are the sole custodian. And if you lose, you know, one of the devices. Um, you're going to have to sort of deal with that yourself and perform that key rotation and create a new wallet. There's no, there's nobody to, to sort of, there's no company behind it to, to help you out with that. There's nothing stopping plebs doing, you know, uh, one of each of these steps, right. Uh, to once you're a little bit more advanced and you have um, two or three different devices, for example, you, you know, that they, they, they've got the passphrase. Uh, maybe there's more on one, which you want, you know, completely securely multi-sigged and you might use that third party and, and the other two have got different amounts on and in different locations. Um, because like you said, yeah, yeah it, and you still, when, when we do come to start, like once the merchants start coming online and everybody is able to use it, you'll still have your hot wallet on, on your phone for that. But we're talking like deep, cold storage, like taking care of this shit for for legacy for 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 decades yeah definitely that you know you don't have to apply just one approach as you correctly said you know you can have a hybrid of approaches based on threat models and how much you want to keep hot and how much you know you're not going to want to spend for 10 years um the the uh i suppose the the final thing which is kind of prudent to the uh the covid situation is that you know if you're going to set up your own geographically distributed multi-sig uh, set up and there all of your keys are at different ends of the country and your your country suddenly goes back into lockdown and it's not going to be easy for you to get to those those places so it's not just as simple as oh i'm going to increase my security by using multi-sig there's a lot of other things to consider like am i actually going to be able to access those devices to sign that transaction whenever i want um and the other thing to consider as well is and i hope this doesn't sound like i'm trying to put people off i just don't want people to um, screw themselves out of their own Bitcoin is that, you know, if you set up a really uh, neat and secure two or three multi-sig setup and then you're hit by a bus tomorrow, um, is your wife going to be able to 
you know, find those devices, uh, know what to do with those devices, know that they're even part of the same wallet. And is she going to know how to sign a two or three transaction, two or three multi-sig transaction with, uh, with Spectre desktop, say, for example, does she even know what Spectre desktop is and a lot of things to consider. And, you know, it would be an absolute tragedy if, you know, your Bitcoin was, was sort of lost just because you didn't have the, uh, you know, a good enough, uh, inheritance plan, uh, in place. And please, plebs, don't write that inheritance plan. Do, do not write the instructions for your wife on a computer. Uh, do, do a handwritten uh, backup, seed phrase, uh, phone numbers for anybody that, um, that might be, you know, be able to help if and when something like that might happen. Because uh, if you've got any of this ever written into a device, you've completely undone everything that you've, you've tried to do. Yeah, definitely. And and this, it sounds like I'm a salesperson for the, the, these these collaborative multi-sig custodies. I'm absolutely not affiliated with them, but inheritance is one of the big things where they obviously excel. You know, if they're, if you're happy to share your information with them um, and you become unresponsive for six months, then you could have a named successor that can contact them after that. And, and you know, your Bitcoin is not lost. And that's a fairly straightforward process where you don't have that luxury if you're uh, building it all yourself. So there's, there's, there's nuance and trade-offs to all of these different approaches. So it's not um, a decision to be taken lightly. And, you know, equally, if anybody's listening to this and uh, is massively confused, you know, I'm more than happy to, to take any DMs and offer people advice as well. You built in a self-destruct into the foundation um, uh, passport? Uh, you are kind of yeah. Uh, we have uh, twenty one. We have twenty one attempts at the pin. Right. Uh, if you get it, if you get it wrong twenty one times, the device is bricked and it's uh, it's a paperweight. Right. Okay. So uh, not not the James Bond style thing. If someone's running away with it, you can press a button and it's going to blow up in their hand. No, well, the, the the way we've designed the uh, the the devices, there's no you know there's no remote uh, way to access it. You know, there's no Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, or anything, so we wouldn't be able to uh, <laughs> unless we had, unless we had a really really long uh, cable. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, no, that's not possible with the the architecture of the device. But um, yeah, if you, if somebody takes your device uh, and they get the pin wrong 21 times, it's you know it's game over. Uh, we do warn you well in advance of that. You know when you get down to five, there's a warning to say if you keep going, you are gonna you you are gonna um, brick this device. So it's not easy to do. Uh, you know just under normal operation, it's there to prevent against attack. And the longer the pin number, the better, right? Obviously. Yeah. So we do pin numbers up to. Uh, 12 digits i think um so yeah you, the longer is obviously um is is harder to crack uh but is is you know if you're using this device regularly then it's, it may become a bit laborious to uh to to enter in you know if you're doing it multiple times a day but yeah the, the, we've got good defaults again the shortest pin that we allow is six digits long which is uh, more than secure enough All right cool are you guys gonna have a booth in miami is there gonna be someone there manning the booth if the plebs want to come down and, and find uh, out more it's industry day Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a booth. Uh, most of the team uh, will be there and we'll have some demo units of the Batch 2 Passport there for you to have a play with. Uh, you can see the new user interface and the improvements that we've made to, to the um, industrial designs of the device. So feel free to, to go and see the guys um, and uh, have a play around with the device. Sadly, I uh, won't be there, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, most of the team will be there and uh, yeah, feel free to go and say hi. Love it, mate. All right. Well, if you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who'd you give it to and why? 
So this is, uh, I think, I was trying to remember before we recorded who I said last time, and I think I said something like Elon Musk, which uh, obviously we've seen how that's played out. Yeah. Um, well, th- this, this is the sad this, thing, this, right? Because he made the announcement, and you know, after Sailor having that that Twitter kind of um, back and forth with him, and then he just fucked it all up. It's such a such a shame. I think he's. Uh, I think a lot of it's a front, you know. I think. Um, I think he's more into this than than he lets on, um, and I think he will show his true colours in in the years to come. I'm pretty confident about that, as will will most uh, high profile people, but certainly Elon. It, he gets it. I'm sure of it. Let's hope so. But yeah, uh, in terms of this time round, it's a lot closer to home. Uh, obviously, I'm two years further into my rabbit hole um, and significantly more knowledgeable uh, on the subject. The one person I've not been able to orange pill is my wife. Uh, unfortunately, she's just completely indifferent about it. It's just this is just uh, you know it's my job and my hobby, and she's absolutely fine with that. And I've tried time and time again, you know, uh, sober and drunk to uh, to to orange pill her, and you know trying to uh, put it across to her in a way that's going to resonate with her. But um, yeah, um, I need to uh, continue polishing up my skills because I haven't quite got there yet, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, if any, if it would be anybody, it'd be my wife. Um, but I think, do you know what? I think part of it's probably because um, I think if she, if she does, uh, she knows that if she does get on board, that it's all I'll ever want to talk about. So I think she's put that barrier up just so we can talk about something else. <laughs> Struggle is real, plebs. The struggle is real. Uh, so many of us are in this position. Uh, you know, um, I, yeah, my wife's f- definitely further down the line just by virtue of the fact that I've been doing the podcast for so, for so long. Uh, I won't shut up about it. Uh, the, the prophecies that we've been talking about in the Bitcoin space keep coming true. You know, that helps a lot. Uh, that we've been saying about inflation for for so long ever since they they locked us down well this is not going to work out well the inflation is coming and it's going to come very very hard and with all of the easing uh, so that certainly helps um so you know for any plebs listening just keep keep batting the singles i would say right to use an english an english phrase uh just tiny little bits at a time yeah, I'll 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 get there eventually, and hopefully, if we record in nearly an, another two years' time, I'll I'll have a success story there. Let's hope so, mate. Let's hope so. All right, is there anything we didn't touch on that uh, that you wanted to get across today, or do you think we've uh, crossed everything off? Yeah, no, I think we, I think we've covered it. Um, if anybody's likes the sound of you know uh, the way I've described uh, passport, um, you can check us out at foundationdevices.com. Um, you can go we've got uh, renderings of all the new device all the full details um, pictures of the new UI uh, you can see what the new app looks like and find more information um, if you're interested in pre-ordering the device uh, we've got a special pre-order price uh, which is 199 US dollars um, that's as soon as we start shipping that will uh, increase slightly to 229 um, and interestingly if we if you pre-order with with Bitcoin uh, and the Bitcoin price increases from the time at which you pre-order and the time at which we ship next month, uh, we'll actually refund you the, the sats back. So uh, you can have like a, a, your own mini call option, if you like, so that you're still exposed to the upside of Bitcoin even after you've uh, pre-ordered the device with us, which I thought was a really uh, neat idea. I, I'd like to say it was my idea, but it was Zach's, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, just to incentivize that 
uh, Bitcoin circular economy. I thought it was really neat. That's pretty, yeah, very fun. Uh, almost a quasi coin join. Yep, you can all you can also purchase uh, with, with using a coin join. And funny enough, I've got a will be releasing um, a guide on how to do that this week. Uh, funny enough, I put the finishing touches to it yesterday. So keep an eye on our blog post and uh, you'll be able to see how to do that as well. Excellent, mate. Well, appreciate you coming back on. Let's do this again sooner rather than later. Uh, we won't leave it uh, so long next time. And uh, we'll, we'll be tracking the success of, of what you're doing and, and keeping up to date with all of your guides. You've been such a great asset within the space. So many people have learned so much from you, mate. It, it's great to um, to do this and to, to see how your life has developed and you've managed to get away from your fiat job. You've had a huge life change. You've got the young, the young family being built as well. It's, um, it's huge. Congratulations and uh, yeah, thank you on behalf of the community. Yeah, pleasure, Daniel. Thanks for having me on again and uh, look forward to next time. Cheers. Take care, mate. Well, plebs, what do you think of that? That's your boy. That's your boy, Bitcoin Q&A. As humble as ever, if you've never seen any of his writing or his guides, then, then go check them out. Uh, they're, they're a brilliant, brilliant resource. He's been such a great part of the community over the last two years. It's been awesome seeing him grow from his original spreadsheet idea, I think it was, back in the day, uh, which uh, Matt O'Dell picked up on pretty quickly. You know, Matt and Marty have been shilling Bitcoin Q&A for a couple of years, ever since he's been around. So what's stopping you? Yeah, I let that hang. Seriously, like what's stopping you? We need you. You're part of the team already. It doesn't matter if you're memeing or if you're just out there on Bitcoin Twitter lurking. Whatever it is that you are thinking about doing needs just to be done. And believe me, you have no idea where it's going to lead. But it will lead to something far more positive than just sitting around second-guessing. I know I did this myself. I second-guessed the podcast for months and months and months before I took the leap. Oh, and what a leap it was. I pressed record on a Zoom call. Then I uploaded it to Anchor. I mean, the, the, the barrier to entry is zero. You are in the way of yourself. So step the fuck up. Get out the way. Go follow at Bitcoiner Jobs. Go reach out to a company that you use or that you respect. DM them. Send an email. Doesn't matter if it's cold. Make a phone call. Just get in front of these people and you can help. I guarantee you, you will never regret that decision because it will lead to something even better. If that person cannot help you in any way, they'll put you onto somebody that can. I guarantee that's going to happen. That is a absolute stamp of guarantee. Anyway, you guys have an awesome time if you're going to the conference I hope it's an absolute blast for you. Bring along as many normies as you can. If you can't make it, check in on the YouTube channel and please hit up the show sponsors. You know who they are. Swan Bitcoin in the US. Relay across Europe. Bitcoin Reserve across Europe. Coin Corner across Europe. Euro Plebs, well presented. Uh, make sure you hit up 
the shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten link to get yourselves a hardware wallet. And if you want to get, if uh, I know I've run out of the music here because I was trying to inspire you guys, I suppose, to, to step the fuck up and do something <laughs> for the Bitcoin community. But no, no, no matter. Bitcoinday.io. You've probably not heard of them yet, but you should be very aware of what they're doing. They are touring around the US doing short one-day conferences, very Bitcoin-focused. So get to bitcoinday.io and check out their schedule. And you can, yo, you, la, la, la. if you hit the link in the show notes, you will get 10% off your ticket purchases. So if they come into your area, there's no reason to not go because they're attracting some big name speakers and some maxis and some plebs. Be an awesome time. Uh, and of course, if you do want to get to the conference in Miami, uh, I know at point of release, it's literally next week. So if you resign to the fact that you can't go, um, you know, no biggie. If you are FOMOing in, you may as well use a discount code. Uh, that would be bitten. B-I-T-T-E-N, that gets you a 10% discount at checkout. Or if you just use the link in the show notes, you will get that checkout, uh, that um, discount at checkout as well. So with all of that said, uh, I'm sorry I've rambled on over the, uh, the finishing music, which has been supplied by at Hodler Than Thou, Sir Badminton, uh, an excellent Bitcoiner. Uh, I appreciate you all. Keep stacking. Stay humble. Some crazy, crazy times are coming. Believe me, it's going to be huge. And uh, just stick with it and go and orange pill a normie today. Take care, guys. Catch you on the next show.